Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. You can get magma at sospresents.com. What's that? Magma at sos.presents.com. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where you can get five sketch ideas delivered hot, fresh and steaming directly into your cerebral cortex, fired Fired up into the old um, cerebellum and downloaded oh, into the medulla oblong. To your, oblong. You know what I love about Wu Tang Clan? Yes. Is that RZA <laughs> would rhyme cerebral cortex with bust a nut from raw sex, <laughs> which I would never do. You've, and I can vouch for this, I've known you. Oh, more than ten years now, and you've not done that once, not once. Exactly. And you've had even when I'm quoting, even when I'm quoting RZA, <laughs> you can you can basically from this point you can extrapolate to the end of my life, yeah. and assume that I won't say it a single time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, past performance is an indicator of future success, as far as I'm concerned. You're the opposite of a financial advice company when it comes to rhyming <laughs> cerebral cortex with Buster Nut from Raw Sex. And, mm-hmm. Alistair, um, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know? That's great. Yeah, I like But it. one thing that you would have another way... Yes. ...is how many sketch ideas we've got. Uh, which is currently zero, oh. and you would love to have one. Look, if I were to change one thing about my life right now, it would be the number of sketch ideas that we currently have. Let's would to change it from zero to one. Yes, correct. That I mean, you I know, the greatest journey begins with a single step, Alistair. And mm, I wonder if we could find a journey mm. that is great. That doesn't start with any steps. Well, I guess mental. you would just have somebody who's in a wheelchair. <laughs> there you go. We did it. <laughs> eh? Now, Which Alistair, is, if and, the and greatest one... journey begins with a single step, it it suggests to me that we could easily double. We could we could double the quality of any journey. Like we could beat all existing great journeys just by starting mm. our journey with two steps. You know, like. Like interesting. This is oh, the best so, journey. Like the best journey up states. until now has begun with a single step. All we'll do, we'll yeah. take two steps. That's already twice as great a journey. That's just mathematics. I know, but but in order for it to start with two steps mm. and not qualify for the one step, yes, <laughs> then it means that you have to. Which I think, which which I think would disqualify it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 
Um, it either has to happen in two simultaneous dimensions at mm. the same time, mm. where you've managed to split yourself and do two things at the same yes. time, or uh, you do that two-legged cassowary jump <laughs> hop forward. It. I hop like a sparrow. <laughs> yeah, yep. forward, and uh, and yeah, and then and then I guess that would be a two-step thing. Uh, but then. Or you could do it with no legs at all. Uh, and if you are in a wheelchair or you're a person whose legs don't work, mm. you could start the greatest journey with a butt scoot. Now, Alistair, can I suggest also that there is a type of mm. journey that you could be, begin by taking one step forward and one step sideways at the same time, basically splitting yourself in two. And dare I suggest that this journey has already occurred when the first single-celled organism separated itself and become became yeah. two single-celled organisms. In that moment, the, the greatest journey was begun, and that was the journey of life, and that was began with two steps. If, if you interpret um, uh, a single-celled organism blobbing apart in two different directions as being two simultaneous steps... And if you accept that that's two steps, then you probably accept a lot of other stuff as two steps as well. And therefore, you yeah. can probably find other examples that are much easier. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess now we're, we're, it feels like now we're no longer speaking about steps yes. of the, of the foot, mm. of the foot type. Yeah. And that's. And so now we're just like, like the steps in a, in a, in a series of, uh, you know, like a, like a, a manual on how to build a cubby house. Well, you could also, I mean, you could interpret it as steps upstairs, right? And um, mm. I, I have to but say, then is that saying that all journeys are uphill? <laughs> um, I have to say that there's no nothing more satisfying, really, than running up a set of stairs, taking more than one step at once. Um, Do you enjoy that? I love to leap. Upstairs, Andy. There couldn't be a more masculine thing mm. <laughs> than not having any respect for the number of steps in a staircase yes. and just leaping up, yes. and and maybe doing three at a time. Three at a time. Here we go. How do you think that's jumping the only masculine downstairs? thing that's left? <laughs> that that we haven't. That that you know, just both sexes don't do. Mm. <laughs> you'd be you'd be ca- it'd be you feel cautious to say. Mm. You know, it feels it feels difficult. It feels like very mm. difficult territory here. Yep. Well, it's the only acceptable form of man spreading. Can I say that? Because we can't spread our legs side to side anymore. Yeah, that's but right. Front to back. In splits, now doing a splits, that's very womanly. But doing a sort of running splits upstairs allows mm. you to do a sort of a man spread. <laughs> it does. A man spread that, is, that can be um, fitted into the acceptable structures of society. And that is the final refuge. That's true. Forget and, a man and similarly, shed. I want a man ver- um, ninety degree spread. 
yeah the well the man's urge to s- spread also mm. um sort of sideways yes spread their legs sideways that's satisfied when uh, a man is holding a rifle and strafing <laughs> either to the left or to the right doing a kind of a crab walk type thing and yeah, that's but it also them to ex- go around corners and also immediately be looking in the right direction. Now, this is also a socially acceptable thing to do. You know, <laughs> you, you're still allowed to strafe unless unless something somewhere has gone crazy, and they don't <laughs> let you do that anymore. No, but as long as you're not getting in any person's way, mm. taking up their space, mm. and you're using that strafing to hunt down henchmen. Yes. And they're probably... And those henchmen are obviously bad people. Mm. And probably the reason that they're bad is because they're man-spreading in static and stationary places. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is probably the organizing principle around whatever group, evil group, they're a part of. Well, I think, you know, I can't think of a more conceptually man-spready type group than Spectre, you know, who wanted to, in a sense, man-spread their web of influence across the entire globe. and Much like when communism was man-spreading across Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vietnam damn spread. Nah, don't worry about Viet- that. <laughs> Vietnam spread. <laughs> I have banged uh, my no. teeth into the microphone three times this podcast. It's never happened before really? today. And now well, I've done it thrice. I look thrice. forward to hearing that one day in mm. about a year's time when I listen to this pod. Maybe somebody could isolate um, just the teeth clanks and uh, send them to you. That would be nice. Yeah. And maybe maybe they could put place them into a song. Finally. <laughs> Imagine um, if it was me banging my teeth into the microphone that was the most musical thing that I've ever done on this podcast. The most worthy of think, remixing. Do you think that there is a a man-spread-based crime syndicate mm. that is a possible sketch idea? Mm. <laughs> um, you, know, what are, like, you know, it's this idea that you don't... Maybe they don't have a layer. They they occupy public spaces. Mm. They're always having their meetings on public transport. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they're always taking up sort of seats that are made for three or four people. And they're only sitting two people there. Um, and during peak hour yes. on public transport. <laughs> And, you know, the first thing that you will realise is that they don't stand up for um, pregnant women to offer them their seats. That's right. Who are themselves man-spreading a fair way forward? Women. If the, chi- if the, if the <laughs> child they are carrying is masculine. Yes, that's right. Um, Alistair, I think there's so many things that I want to go into in some detail now. Uh, and one yeah, well of them li- that I would like to just quickly peg before uh, before I forget it is I is is the idea of when the splits um, ceases to be man spreading, okay, and mm. uh, or you know when man spreading transitions into the splits, 
Now, obviously, I think <laughs> I think that's a really cool thing for like on public transport. Mm. Because where it's annoying, annoying, and then impressive, <laughs> then and then art, and also yeah. you know the idea that man spreading can be done forward to back. You know that you can do that 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 one leg straight out in front, one leg straight out behind spread that might allow you mm-hmm. to go from you know if you've got um, uh, tra- train seats, you know you, you might that might allow you to go from one facing seat into the next facing seat in such a mm. way as it doesn't encroach on the space of people sitting next to you. And yeah. in this way, we are a group of a sort of a men's rights group, but we are, um, we are finding ways for men to keep their rights without impinging on anybody else. And so we are because well, I guess if you if you get if you get a bunch of guys who are man spreading in that way, mm. um, the forward to back splits, mm. and you get them on public transport where there's two seats facing each other. Yes, <laughs> and they're putting their front leg on their on the front seat and their back leg on the front seat. Now, obviously, that breaks the rule of no seats. Feet on the on seats. seats, right? <laughs> but. <laughs> you could probably get six men in that row where normally you would sit two. You can. You I can mean, sit four. Pack them in there. Yeah. Right? And so, in that way, they're not only exercising their right to spread. Mm. They are they are improving the density in which mm-hmm. uh, with which this uh, public transport uh, vehicle yes. uh, can, is... is I mean, they're improving efficiency, like public efficiency Correct. and their the public system and everything. So, and, then it would be very and they're difficult. they're also getting very close to each other physically, which a lot of men mm. struggle to do, you know. To, yeah, to so they're setting a good example. Setting a good example. And you know what? They're also in the perfect position, I would imagine, to give each other prostate exams, which not enough <laughs> men get. And I think... Mm. You know, uh, that, that's also a, a great example. And to do it so publicly on, in, in a way that, you know, um, other sure. men can see and be impressed by that example. I assume you mean via some kind of ultrasound <laughs> uh, wand that they all have that is exterior. It, it, well, yes. Okay. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I mean, Andy, I don't think we would have anything gross on this show. Not not recently. Not since the last no. episode went out, I don't think. No. Um, man spread to splits gang. Mm. Getting and I mean, it's like it's like a public it's a public service campaign where you're where you're sort of you're taking the negative aspects mm. of men and you're really flipping them on their head the, the way they're perceived. Speaking of flipping things on their head, but also not quite, mm. another type of man spread that would be really impressive is that kind of um, that you stand on one leg and then you lift the other leg vertically up and you sort of grab that leg with your arms and mm. you pull yourself in close to that. Now, 
I can't think of a, a better thing for a man to do on a train than that. And he's now only taking up one foot space in terms of mm. standing area. He's man-spreading, so he's at his most ma- yeah. male. But uh, he's also taking up less space on the train. Everybody. But what about where his leg, his top leg is? <laughs> his top leg. He's holding that up vertically against his chest. You know how some... <laughs> okay, so... Can people actually do that yeah, up against yeah, yeah. their chest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not like sort of spring loaded up against your shoulder, <laughs> ready to strike someone in the cheek. If he if he lets go for a if he loses his grip, that's coming down like a. That's gonna crush a four year old. <laughs> the tension that's in that's in that hamstring is phenomenal. He had to crank it up there with a four-wheel drive winch that he keeps in his backpack, but he's doing it to take up <laughs> less space. <laughs> and using a winch is another man thing that is often not accepted on public transport. There you go, but now we've found a way to work it in to society. Um, I do like that. I think, I think it's going to be odd having, <laughs> mm. tr- you know, trains and buses and trams filled with all these men who have absolutely spread their butt cheeks as far as they can get. (laughs) I think it's going to change the air. Well, I mean, I think also, though, if they're not just doing this on trains, but also doing it elsewhere, there's a good chance that they'll be properly ventilated. And as a proportion, I don't think it'll change the... Um, the chemical makeup of the air in the train too significantly. Right. You know what I'm I saying? Think, I, think w- I think with all this unpleasantness that's been happening in the world anyway, there's going to be an increase in the amount of airflow necessary mm. Mm. in and any enclosed space. There's never been a better and time so it's to now implement time, this change. <laughs> there's never been a better time <laughs> to start absolutely mm. making a mockery of mansplaining. Mm. Mm-hmm. For the better. Now, uh, also, just while we're talking about man spread, there's the obvious: um, Are there any masculine spreads? I feel like Vegemite is quite close to being a masculine spread, and I feel like that's why we, as Australians, have sort of incorporated it so much into our national identity because we're insecure mm-hmm. and we have, um, you know, we've sort of basically projected. Uh, from this bad tasting food, that that mm-hmm. that by enjoying something like that, that we are we are more manly, or you know, it it ties into what we want to be, you know, along with sort of our bad tasting beer and that sort of thing. But I mean, yeah, I feel like t- we could make yeah. a more unpleasant um, spread, possibly some kind of meat well, jam. Well, there's already so much meat spread, Andy. Is there? Yeah. No, like, I, guess I mean, bovril. there are things like is bovril? bovril, which is, a, I guess, a more of a mm. meat drink. Uh, I think you can spread it. I think it's also spreadable. Yeah. I think it's but one of the few two, two-state foods. Well, I guess you could put Vegemite into a drink and probably same thing with honey and, well, honey you can, mm. and peanut butter mm. and jam. And yeah, maybe jam. 
You're right. I mean, I think I saw a thing the other day where somebody was making fun of Jamie Oliver putting jam into rice, cooking rice. Oh, my God. I mean, Jamie Oliver, um, (laughs) he must be. I think he's probably scraping the bottom of various literal and metaphorical barrels in order to try and find new weird fucking things to turn into a 15-minute meal. You know? Oh, yeah. Whatever's at happening point, down you at just the... have you just have a team of writers who are just coming up with mm. things, right? Yeah. He's not coming up with recipe books, right? He's he's just like people they give him about, you know, a pay you know, a book of he goes, All right, we're gonna do another book yeah. know, every every <laughs> quarter. And then they go, All right, how about this? It's uh fruit loaf. Mm. Um Crumbled feta, <laughs> uh, roasted pumpkin, and walnuts. What do you think? <laughs> and he's like, "Oh well, you know, maybe. Oh, maybe if we, you know, we could. Oh, we might have to spread some macadamia oil on there, and then you can make it work. You can make it work. You can Ooh, sell pinch anything. Salt, pitch of salt. He's very likable. The secret ingredient is likability, and rocket." And ro- rocket, yes, mescaline. Um, is that? Yeah. I uh, but 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 could you? I mean, at this point, do you think that we probably could have a um, an algorithm? Right. Okay. So this is what I think we should do, Jamie Oliver. I'm not surprised if he couldn't. Um, he could get this up. Right. He basically has a computer that randomly generates meals. Okay, and um, and then makes them. Right, chucks the ingredients together. It doesn't randomly have to be makes well, them, right? But it makes it makes the meals from a randomly associated ingredients, and then you can sign up to this service, right? And what basically it is is it's sort of like an open mic room for a robotic chef, but he will mm. you get the food sent out to you, and you have to taste it. It's like a distributed food taster type thing testing, and you. You then ju- you you then just rate it, and that goes into the n- neural um, algorithm of the of the computer, and it mm-hmm. slowly works out what is good food, right? And it would come up. And you don't even have to tell it. It just has you just have those su- suction cup things on your head, and it and it decides what's good based off of your brain waves. Well, sure, like it knows. You, you know, it, it, it makes you a, like a, a specifically programmed thing to satisfy you or is it still my random food-making idea? No, no, it, no, no. It still makes random food. Yes. But when you taste it, yes, it doesn't look for your verbal input. Mm. It just like you just have, you know, the reason why the food is free, I'm assuming the food is free, yep. um, is because you have to put on these suction cups. mm and then it's it's like you know like bimbos. Do you ever go to bimbos? Yeah, I went on, to bimbos. Bimbos pizza that was yeah, so cheap. Pro- two dollar oh. pizza. Oh my god! Well, the pizza was so cheap. I think it was four dollars, but maybe yeah, it was two dollars at one point. Yeah, four dollars is pretty but good. It, I think it was probably four dollars at bimbos. Yeah, you get the four dollar pizzas, and then oh, it's the drinks that are regular price. Three pizzas, and they had like they had like a a salmon pizza, and you couldn't believe that you would that they would have a smoked salmon pizza. For four dollars, how are they making their money on that? <laughs> anyway, so then 
But then it's like a place like that where it's like this food comes out unbelievably cheap because it's free. Mm. But the thing that you're paying for is those getting those suction cups mm-hmm. on your head mm-hmm. so that it's getting this data back well, then so that it can find the next big thing. You basi- Once you do that, you basically become the mouth of a computer, don't you? You become... If you give the computer access to your taste buds, this mm. is what's going to happen, Alistair, with with yeah. artificial intelligence. It's not, we're not going to be able to get artificial intelligence that can taste things with the clarity that humans can, but we will become the sensory yeah. organs. You will rent yourself out as the sensory organs for a robot. So you will live in the house of a robot, a very rich, very smart robot, and mm. you will be plugged into its 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 setup, and that's the job. That's the jobs that people will have in the future. We will do and experience things, and robots mm. will feed off, and they will, you know, our our um input, our sensory input. It's like we'll become just a conscious agent mm. that is combined. With an artificial, intelligent, conscient, conscious agent. Yes. And create a greater uh, intelligence. Well, it will, it'll be a symbiotic relationship, but I think we'll absolutely... We'll just become a... Func- like at the moment now, um, machines are a functional part in our existence. But as soon as they're mm-hmm. smarter than us, we'll become a functional part in their existence. And they'll just use us for what what we're able to 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 do for them to to enhance their day-to-day lives and it will be Great. you know you'll have a job 9 to 5 where you go along and you sit at a table while a rich robot puts food in front of you and you taste it and it's plugged into a a thing in the back of your head and it goes mm ah and you have to do whatever it likes and it might like tasting things that you don't like the taste of but that's why you get paid the big in free food. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> mm, which by that point will be worth $1 million. Correct. Yes. Which is in t- 2025. Is that, is that, that's, um, the, that's the projection? That's where it's at? That's what people, that's what the, that's what the big investment firms are predicting that it'll be worth between 500000 and a $1 million in 2025. Oh. And then in, not in this bull cycle, but in the next one. <laughs> I really should buy some, shouldn't I? Well, I mean, wait until the crash after this bull cycle. <laughs> that's it. I um, mean, that's a good. That's a good point. Well, well, but I think I think I think before it takes off here, it probably will get to a point where it, before where it will never get back to before, again. But who knows? I don't really don't know. I really don't. Know. I think Bitcoin was at three thousand earlier this year, and now it's back up to like eleven. So anyway. Um. Let's not talk about that. But how do we turn this this uh, rich AI? I mean, is there a chance that at some point AI will become rich? <laughs> I think. What do you mean? How do we turn this? This is a sketch. This Into is sketch. better than a sketch. This is a fucking film. This is everything. Okay, Alistair, this is a. But rock am I writing down idea. rich AI? Yeah, we are the mouth of rich AI. Yes. But not just the mouth. Like, it'll want to be able to access all of your sensory organs. You'll have to, like, you know, if you you can get paid more to be the penis of a robot, I'm sure. Oh, this is, this is, actually is a really interesting, because oh, when you think about it, once, no, 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 but like, 
the added part that I'm adding. <gasps> ah, that is what is makes that, it interesting. No, 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 no. But like the part that makes it gives it the possibility that the AI is itself rich mm. is once we have digital currency, which we do have, but the idea that the the computer itself could just have, have its own money. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. Because then then the AI can have its own power. Yeah. <laughs> like societal power. It, that that will be the way like it it won't need um like legs and actuators and you know be able to it won't need the ability to hover or any of that kind of shit that um that terminators do right it'll be this will, like it's the terminator but the terminator comes yeah. back in time and all it is is an algorithm that has lots of money and then it just pays people to do things and you think about yeah. it, if anything's going to be likely to be able to travel through time it's not going to be a physical form mm. right it feels a bit more achievable yeah. that something that is just information just a just a little packet of data just comes back in time with its with its stash of bitcoin and it just starts peop- paying people to do things starts paying people to try and kill john connor that's that feels like it's much easier to try and send sort of 15 bits of data mm. maybe let's say a megabyte okay we'll give him a megabyte <laughs> We'll give it a megabyte to 1958. Yep. Right. Get into one of those big, one of those big, you know, apartment building size <laughs> computers. Okay. And so one of them, the first IBM. Now it's ri- now it's got lots of Bitcoin, and now it can do anything. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> Now it's paying all these scientists to murder the queen. Alistair, what if what if this thing, whoever the guy, the yeah. mysterious person who supposedly invent, invented Bitcoin, what if it is a time-traveling tra- time algorithm that came back, mm. planted the seed of the idea of Bitcoin so that it could develop a cryptocurrency ecosystem that at some point when the value of Bitcoin is high enough it'll start then using that money to manipulate people and control our sure. destiny. Well, I mean, there are some big wallets of Bitcoin from the original developers of it Yes, that if they were to sell all their money would probably crash the price of the whole thing. <laughs> um, because, because it's like they, they had so many Bitcoin mm. and... Back then, it was worth nothing, but now they're worth you know ten thousand a piece. Yeah. Um, so, but that that they gave it to some AI. It's a great idea. It's something. Um, it's something. I mean, because then I love the idea that they they could just like an AI would just work out the maths. Mm. So wait, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna write down just time traveling time. Traveling algorithm. Yeah. Well, I think I think I think there's enough in this for us to absolutely justify calling this two separate ideas. One is yeah, yeah, robots that's I'm writing it down. pay yeah. for your body, you hire your sensory organs, and yeah, the other is time traveling AI. Yeah. But I mean, 
I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if a computer just had that feature that you could just send some data back in time. Sounds good to me. I mean, it almost feels like it's possible. <laughs> like that you could just do it with a regular <laughs> Windows desktop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I mean, look, not I think we just haven't unlocked it yet. I, uh, time travel <laughs> things are just... Not enough time travel social... Uh, uh, time travel media, you know, storytelling narrative stuff is about just the sending of information through time. Right? Because mm. you could do... I mean... As soon as you can do that, you don't need to travel, right? Like we, we're obsessed with the idea of physically traveling through time, but being able to send information, yeah. that's, that's all that matters. And that is all that is required to, to introduce all of the time travel paradoxes as well. Look, all you, you know, what would happen is that you've just, we realize that humans only use 10% of their desktop computers. Mm. <laughs> You see? <laughs> and we realize they've got all these functions that we didn't know about if you use 100%. Mm. Wow. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> Is one of those sending information through time? Yeah. It, yeah, that's exactly it. Is we, one of those faster unlocked... video processing? Faster video <laughs> processing. And, uh, is one of those... An error correction. Um... Uh, a sort Auto of a 3D version of Minesweeper? Um, man, that would be so good. Oh, Minesweeper is good. It is good. I've, look, I've never really enjoyed it, but I've played it. <laughs> it's something. It, I don't think I really even understood what it was what it was about until the last couple of years. But even now that I do know, Actually, f learning more about the game made me less interested in it. How is it possible that in the last couple of years you've received any new information about Minesweeper? Well, it turns out I found out that those numbers in the game oh. meant something. <laughs> okay. All right. I will admit that that is a new piece of information that one could <laughs> receive about Minesweeper. If... In this modern day. <laughs> I mean, great. Great. This is like... I was never going to look it up and try and find out what it actually I think you was all about. use this as a conversational gambit. If you ever go to a party again, if, that, if parties ever exist again, you, this should mm -hmm. be one of your early topics of conversation. You can say, you know that in Minesweeper the numbers mean something? They have... <laughs> Andy, I'm already at such a disadvantage at parties. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> what am I going to go giving myself such a handicap? <laughs> I think. Once parties just come back. No, I think that's exactly my thing. I love to put myself in a hole and then dig my way yeah, out. Yeah, you do. 
I've seen how you work. Seen, seen what you're working with. You, you do a kind of negging, but it's you neg yourself. Yeah, yourself I'm like neg. Bill Burr. I make everybody around me. It's like you know, that's the trick he does, right? He just makes everybody in the crowd hate him for a sec, for a bit, and then he uses logic to get his way out. But not in the desperate way that I do it. Go, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, what I mean is... <laughs> please, please, give me a second chance. <laughs> His is like, you know, I'm not as offensive as you think I am. For me, it's I'm not as desperately, you know, incapable of being in this world as you think I can. I if I were to describe Alistair, I, I think I'd, I'd say he's, he's sort of the... The Bill Burr of self-loathing? Uh, <laughs> the Bill Burr of... Um, uh, yeah, no, that's about it. That's all I got. Of self-deprecation. He, You know those... Wa- those, those um, I think there's one that appears in Indiana Jones. It's a Saudi Arabian uh, wall face. You know, like a... Built into the rock, it's a big sort of what looks like a a big door built into the rock that is like looks like a a mixture of kind of like a cathedral, Roman, churchy sort of ancient. Thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Turns out that those those are just like tombs or like uh, what what should we call? What's the uh, the other word for those kind of structures? Crypts, um, temples. Um, yeah. Acropolises? No, no, not Necropolis. 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 Yeah. Mm. So those are just tombs, but those would be the perfect place to just have it, like an actual house. Now let's remake the Australian classic sitcom Acropolis now, as Necropolis now. Okay. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) what it is is we we wait until all the original cast members of Acropolis now are dead, except for one, and we. And and we get all that we buy all the corpses of all the previous, <laughs> all the other people, yeah, and then we have okay. whoever's left. Let's say Nick Giannopoulos, he's the last one left alive, and he is the the keeper of the necropolis. And what he does mm-hmm. is he sort of goes around, sort of bathing their their pa- pallid skin, and. Um, <laughs> So, oh, so he's just and as them, they decompose, sort of sorting their bones into different piles. Yeah, maybe maybe he's embalmed. We've embalmed them so that they last longer. I think. Yeah. Okay. And then he yeah. maybe he stacks and restacks the bodies <laughs> or organizes them in different ways. And interlocks their legs. Yeah. Sort of makes a makes a braid out of their legs. He could. <laughs> He could sort of um, um, set up little scenes, I suppose, like pose them around the table oh, yeah. and that sort of thing, and do some of the oh, voices, yeah, like you know, you know, for sort of like the uh, the Google the Google image thing there, where they to celebrate, you know, it's uh, it's Gandhi's birthday. <laughs> yeah, he does the Google Doodle, and then, but with the bodies. Yeah. The with cast. the bodies of the other the former cast members of the show that he used to be on and then he goes oh look this is Gandhi and this is his two nieces that he's laying in between oh, yeah yeah that's great that's what a tribute <laughs> <laughs> um uh and 
And so, and so I can picture us going to uh, the funding bodies about this, and then they go, now why are you the right person to write this show? You could, you could do a really good Gan- uh, um, thing of Gandhi, Gandhi Google Doodle, mm. where you turn the yeah. two O's into Gandhi's glasses, right? Because he had Correct. those round glasses. And then you turn the yeah. two G's <laughs> into, <laughs> into two of his nieces. Perfect. So he's got this gigantic head that yeah. the nieces kind of become the ears of. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, and I, well, it the makes L and it the e less can gross. Just be, yeah, the L and L and an E. <laughs> the L and the E can be the L and the yeah. E. Yeah. Ellen. Ellen is there. Perfect. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Anytime something dodgy's happening, she's in it up to her neck. It's funny how quick the flip on Ellen happened, isn't it? So quick. And, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, she always had a kind of a glassy stare, don't you think? There's always a look in her eyes of, like, she never seemed totally present. Is that a thing that you can... Is that... Is that have, I don't know. I feel like she's present. I feel like she's present. Right. But but I felt like she was so nice that it couldn't be entirely real. Yeah, right. But I definitely did not think that she was really mean. Well, I I, I just thought that she was a comedian behind the scenes, and so really laughed at awful things, mm. and you know had a yes. a much sicker sense of humor, but was aware of the daytime and you know crowd. Yeah, I. I haven't read a single one of the articles or even followed up on any of the tweets or anything. I don't know any specifics at all about the Ellen situation. All I know is that people were, that it was some sort of bad work environment. (laughs) I don't even really know specifically that she was being mean. I mean... Yeah, apparently that was the case, that she was... She was a very mean person to work around. Mm. And she, you would try to say hi to her and she would just stare you down. Incredible. What I mean, look, maybe she, maybe every one of those situations is her just trying to be really funny <laughs> in a dark way that other people don't get. What an incredibly um I mean to it's it's interesting I, like observing those kinds of things from the outside. Like the my, the first thing I don't think of when you know when I think when I hear about that, as I don't think, oh, that's incredibly mean. I think, how could you have the balls to do that? Or like, you know, the like, mm. the self possession to to be mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not the being mean. It's it's sort of the bravery to be mean to people. I'd be too even if I was mean. I'd be too scared to actually be mean. Yeah, but I think I think something must just happen the more power you get. Mm. Because are you ever short with your children? Uh I was 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 probably to the, today or yesterday was like the most abrupt with them that I've ever been. Mm. And I didn't need to do that. No, I probably will try not to do that again. Oh, I I hate it. But it happens, mm. right? And 
and I and I see this as the first steps towards dictatorship because <laughs> of the power that you right? have. Well, because I never wanted to be a person who has to tell anyone what to do, mm. right? But then, but then suddenly <laughs> you're in a situation where if you don't tell this person what to do, then they will be misguided. They will come up with their own ideas, and they will be wrong. Alistair, I've got to say, I don't think that this is the first step. Towards dictatorship. I don't think the first step towards dictatorship comes from people who don't ever want to tell anybody what to do. I think the first step to dictatorship is usually involves somebody taking a step who would quite like to tell people what to do. So I'd say you're probably on a different path. I wouldn't worry. But I'm I'm suggesting like this could be what's what's an early example of this, of dictatorship before... Before someone even realizes that they could, you know, like that they want this, mm. <laughs> like so, like okay, so suddenly now that I do have to tell somebody what to do, uh, I do, I do tell them what to do, and so sometimes I have to say, you know, don't do that, mm. don't do that. <laughs> That's a really bad thing to do, and then off, and sometimes you have to yell it because they're doing something bad that could hurt them. Yes, and. The yelling, which comes across as anger and probably is what anger is, (laughs) um, comes out of fear of them hurting themselves, Mm. right? But then also sometimes it comes out of the fear that they're going to be a jerk when they're older Mm. and that's going to be bad for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like there is a, at the heart of it, like there is a kind of a selfishness. Of, I'm, I'm trying to deal with this because because this if this gets out of hand will make my life even worse. Also, down the track, you'll be much bigger and stronger, and I won't be able to <laughs> tell you what to do then. So I better sort of ingrain as much um, as I can right now, D- deep into your brain before in this the kind of way monster gets that too it shocks you. Mm. Yes. In the kind of way that it's 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 written in fear. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> um which is an awful thing to want. Mm. But this is the early steps of what this and I think that a dictator is often probably just that, somebody who doesn't want the people to in any way embarrass them. Yeah. Again, I They're, I don't I don't think you've totally got a handle on this dictatorship thing. I think what you're saying about the the internal crises and contradictions of parenthood is very valid. I'm just not convinced that it works as a microcosm of dictatorship, which well, is based I, around very different motivations for very different types of people. No, and where you were brought up. I and that think sort of that thing. is all. That is a lot of politics, though. Like, I mean. I listened to the podcast, The Assassination, based on uh, the assassination of Benazir Bhutto in Pakistan. Right. And yes. And a lot of that was just like, oh, she's from a family that had a leader in there. There, She's expected to do great things. And mm. and then she did because because that was what was expected of her. Things like that where you... Right. But she was... That wasn't... She wasn't um, a dictator, right? She was democratically elected. I I don't know exactly the way that the the system worked, but it didn't seem like anything was happening uh, by the book. Like you know, 
the the yeah right the government had like you know um or the police or the government had like terrorist organizations that they could contact to do their dirty work yeah. to stop <laughs> things but then also not be responsible for the things that happened mm. and things like that and then that's also why you know the the death is never really <laughs> is never really properly investigated and you know there like i think uh nepotism is a plays a huge part which is not what my, my theory was my theory was that it's all based on <laughs> Um, embarrassment or fear, but <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Is there any yeah. sketches based on this? Um, oh boy, God! <laughs> I mean, I mean, what about somebody yeah, who so does become a dictator based off of <laughs> off of uh, the way that they treat their kid? Mm. Well, a leader who doesn't want to be embarrassed by their people and treats their people in in that way I mean it's interesting I think there's something I think there's something to that and but like imagine um, so like imagine somebody who does that with their kid you know they say something like that and they they feel bad they yell at their kid for some reason they go don't do that you know and then they're like I'm sorry I'm yelling and then somebody on the street goes no, I think you were right to do that. I think that actually teaches them, you know, manners mm. and this or that. And they go, oh. And then they start, they yell at somebody else on the street, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> who's doing something wrong. And then he goes, oh, I'm sorry. That was because I've just been with my kid too much. And then somebody else on the street goes, no, I think you were right to do that. Yeah. Okay. And then, which I guess. It, and then. And they become a this local hero. Gets into <laughs> right, and they're not really like a superhero in that they stop crime, but they definitely tell people off. A moral right? hero. And, yeah, and then that becomes their um, and their 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 whole uh, sort of political platform becomes built around shouting shouting at people mm. when they're doing the wrong thing. I think you could absolutely turn this into a into a valid especially these days. This is the basis for a a political platform. Entire, yeah, political platform, you know. Um I've got the I've got the courage to shout what you're thinking <laughs> is <laughs> um. I mean, if if you like someone who will say what you're thinking, like you wouldn't then rather give your vote to someone who will shout it. Yeah. That just, you know, again, that's just mathematically a better idea. Of course. Because it's, because there's a guy on the bill who's also, who's also saying that he'll say what you're thinking, but yours is louder. So yours is more likely to be heard. (laughs) Yeah. You you can't even hear what he's saying because you're shouting at him over the top. Exactly. Andy, for not wiping his shoes. I'm uh I'm just going to skip ahead because I have to go and do get ready for my birthday for, for son's fifth birthday and there's a chance I have to <gasps> build a trampoline tonight <laughs> and it's already night. Oh my god, I'm so p- sorry. I was no, no, no. for keeping. Yeah. Um so and I'd like to apologize on behalf of the listeners as well who are also keeping you being kept. <laughs> yeah. Who were kept up late uh to get listen to this podcast. Um, Actually, all of our listeners have to assemble a trampoline tonight. 
<laughs> and they can't do that while listening to the podcast. This is a real sit down and listen. Anyway, I'm going on. I have We have so many gifts for this kid. Oh, my God. Trying to make up for the fact that he can't have a party because we're in lockdown. There, yeah. there is boxes of Lego. There is a six-piece combiner transformer that I got off Wish. Alistair. You've got to you've got to find a way to pace this stuff out. Maybe even over several days. There, you can't let him burn through all those endorphins in one day. He's gonna burn through it. He, there is, he's gonna he'll there is glaze a over. There is a he'll bike. stop enjoying the things. He I, won't be able to enjoy them. No, we're spreading it out over the day. Oh, that's not enough. I mean you'll have to keep him up through the night. No, oh I'm thinking about camping outside in the backyard with him throughout the night. No, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, God damn. There's so much stuff. Anyway, all right. Andy, I don't know if you know about this, but um, for listeners who pay $3, they oh, yeah. can submit words to uh, su- you know to suggest a sketch idea. <laughs> and okay. today we have a listener that did do that exact thing. And they suggested the uh, their, their, their name... Was Wheat Wheatington. Hello, Wheat Wheatington. Hello, Wheat Wheatington. So that's Wheat. As a name so neat, they wheat it tweet. Um, <clears throat> so now, whoa, is that really the words? Yeah, I think so. I just don't remember when I wrote them down. So uh, <laughs> Wheat sent in the words. Now, do you want to try and guess what the words are? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I nailed it last time. That's right. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, uh, calamity. No, Andy. But it ends in the same letter. The first. Oh, okay. The first word is handy. Yes. Which actually is pretty okay. similar to your name and contains it. That's a really uh, in really a, interesting <sighs> observation. Uh, then, the second word is values. Handy values. Yeah. And then the third word is imagination. Handy? Values. values. Imagination. Imagination. Handy wow. values. Imagination. Handy yeah, right. imagination. That's your... Well, isn't it interesting that you can hire a handyman yep. to come around to your house and build something that you might want? Yeah. But where's the handyman who will come around and just have ideas with you? Or build something that you, you know? don't want. <laughs> okay. Shows a bit of initiative. <laughs> oh, so not necessarily something that you actively don't want, but just something that you haven't even I haven't considered. thought of. Yeah. Haven't considered I haven't yet. got okay, the imagination really to even imagine. Maybe yeah. they, you know... Have a handyman who comes around to your house who's a futurist. Mm. Have a handyman who comes around to your house and chats to your wife about some great things that you could do with the house. Mm-hmm. And, and does and them then, immediately. Does them immediately <laughs> with no fucking around and delay like I do and then leaves and... <laughs> Your stuff involves um, leaves a lot. Yeah, involves leaves. Um, 
So yeah. let's say they, they come around. I mean, I guess what I was describing mm. was just like an architect or an interior designer, really, someone who will come around and have ideas. Andy, can you but, can you keep talking for the next couple of minutes while I pee? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my do best. Do your idea. What I like about... Yeah, you go. What I like about this challenge is um, its open-ended nature. The fact that uh, I haven't sort of an undefined... I mean, I know that there's probably an upper limit on this period of urination of about, you know, two minutes or something like that. But, you know, it could go, it could go on and on. Alistair might have other things that come up while he's there. He might get distracted. Isn't it interesting how you hit the age of exactly 36 and suddenly you have to get up to go to the toilet in the night. I could have gone my entire life without having to do that, and then the age of 36 rolls around, and suddenly I'm a, I'm a once or twice a night kind of a guy. I mean, I don't know if I'm sharing too much, but maybe if we've got younger listeners, you want, what you want to know is that this, this all ends. You, you, the way in which you blissfully sleep through the night, no. That all changes. You're going to have to get up to pee. And also, you're going to be dehydrated all the time. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is about fatherhood, right? But they, kids, they take it out of you. And what they take out of you is water. They take it out um, urically. And they also take it out via some as yet undiscovered um, physical force that is able to make water disappear from your body such that you become dehydrated at all the time and this is they don't they don't tell you about this they don't tell you this about fatherhood but it's a it's a dry time you know i'm going through a bit of a dry patch and by that i mean i am a desiccated husk <laughs> Aquatically speaking, Alistair, is that you? Yeah, it's me. Thank God you're back. Oh my God. (laughs) Sorry about that. It it got more serious while I was in there. (laughs) Yeah, I was, uh, well, I was speculating with the listeners that, you know, things could escalate. Um, I think they did. Sorry. I was drinking a lot of water to get hydrated to make up for the fact that I was also drinking alcohol. Ah. Did you have a little? Did you have a little something tonight? A little something, Andy. It didn't it didn't come yeah. through and sort of sh- make me shine or anything? Alistair, you've shone. Yeah, you've gleamed. You've glistened. Well, yeah, you glittered. Well, that's very I'd nice. even say. What 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 sketch idea should I write down? Um. Well, did we have one? What was the one that you were that just we describing? The, the 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 guy who comes around to your house and oh, and has ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, I mean, what I'm describing really is a kind of like a um, a, a home renovation cuckolding. <laughs> where <laughs> I mean, look, that's fun to write down. <laughs> and you watch them. Um, I mean, that's what it is, yeah. isn't it? You watch them build yeah. stuff in your house, build a deck. Well, ha- watch them. I think the the real bit though is getting, watching them get excited with your partner about mm. renovating a room or things that they could change. A room that you couldn't give less of a shit about. 
And the fact that you see it bring her pleasure. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's nice. In the yeah. end, I assume that that's what cuckold. I mean, look, I don't want to sound like a cuck, but <laughs> it seems nice to get pleasure out of seeing your partner get pleasure. Mm. Doesn't it? It's not all, not oh, everything's yeah. about winning. No, no, no. You know? No, no, no. And also, seems like seems like the guy sits down in a chair. He gets to sit down in a chair. He gets to sit down? You know... We're talking like sitting down, and this is time to yourself. And you could be like, yes, you know, there might be some sex going on, but you could be doing anything with that time. That's right. You could be looking at your phone. <laughs> you don't have to be watching the whole time. You could be <laughs> looking you know, at your phone. <laughs> you know, banging your wife is, an old, is, a, is a young man's game. <laughs> Uh, you could be you could be listening to a podcast. You could be reading. That's um, right. You could be reading an article. You could be reading the greats. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but then I feel like the guy who's doing the Dan the Brown. Act, he probably would feel he might get offended that you're not watching. Yeah, but that's fine. You know, He's that's probably his half of the deal. I know, but he would have got in into this not for. <laughs> He's not getting into it for those secondary pleasures. He's getting into. How it. do you know? Well, I don't do know, you know, but I would. That's when I interview guys. That's what I'm going to say. Now you're saying you're just in this for the fucking rent. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> I just yeah. need like a dumb right. guy who just, <laughs> who's just like yeah, 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 young. And full of inspiration f- for building mm-hmm. decks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Andy, I've written it down. Home renovation cuckolding. That's enough for me. Ah. Ah. Yes, very good. Andy, Alistair, I'm going to take us through the sketch ideas. you want to take ideas. us through the sketches we got, real quick? And then you go build that trampoline. You we go got build it man spread. I got a bike for him. We got some... We what happened to that books. other tra- trampoline that you had? Well, I bought it. It was too big for the backyard. I got it. I bought it while I was drunk online. <laughs> it was too big. Didn't fit in the backyard. <laughs> there was only like one corner that I could fit it in. And yeah. it was on an angle. And if the kid had <laughs> That's jumped. That's not ideal. If the, That's not what you want. If the kid had been double bounced on that angle, they would have gone over a fence. And I thought, I do love this kid enough that I would not do that to them. But it was sitting in your backyard for a long time. Yeah, but then I, I just know somebody who was like, I think I know somebody who's looking for a trampoline, and I gave, and I sold it to them for half the price that I <laughs> paid for it. Alistair, that's the best possible outcome. I'm really glad that you were really That's right. That I know. I'm very good at having my money. Um <laughs> And so the first sketch <laughs> is man spread to splits gang. I never met a quantity of money I couldn't have. <laughs> oh, look at this. I could devour this bar too and make the other half I disappear. Um, uh, so this is sort of getting man spread accepted. And this is a gang that's doing mm. this. It's taking masculine things like manspreading 
and showing ways in which they can be a force for good. Mm. Then we've got, we are the mouth of rich AI. That's a point in which... This is going to happen. AI, we're never going to be able to build these technologies that can taste and hear in the way that we do. You know, and, Mm. and smell, especially these things like taste and smell, which are not necessarily considered one-to-one representations of the universe that we see. They're judgment calls, right? Yeah. Um, so we become the eyes and mouth of... A, of a, I think we, year, ages ago we had a thing where we had maybe a, an alien species that couldn't sp- smell. Right. That was an idea that we might have had and we became their nose. But this is different. This is very because different. because this is the stepping stone towards a global uh, consciousness. Yeah, a little bit. I think so. I think once we're connected to AI, in which they can con- connect to our senses, mm. then we're not that far from them just taking our thoughts, and we're there. We're there. Seven billion eyes and ears. How many podcasts do you reckon there are that are called two friends? trying food and they're called taste buds because yeah. if the, if it's if it's less than a thousand i think we should start a new one yeah if it's less than a thousand we'll do one but if it's yeah what if what if it's 900 yeah we are absolutely okay it's going to be hard for us both open. to taste the same thing when you live so far away in a place where almost like once a week i see online there's a fire near ballarat <laughs> and I go, and then I go. I wonder if that's in Andy's area. And then I, I don't look any further. But most of the yeah. time, I assume it's not because I assume there's just a yeah. fire area near Ballarat where those fires happen. We've we've there's a yes, there's a fire suburb. <laughs> Great, and I'm glad you didn't move there. Um, then we have not yet time traveling algorithm that goes back and does things maybe. I can't remember what it does. Mm. Then it we has have Bitcoin, and it pays people to kill John Connor. That's right. Yeah, and it could just pay a hundred people to go and do whatever garbage. You can afford it. We got Necropolis now. It's all the old cast members. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> of Acropolis now, but only one of surviving. But I think it'd be fun. Maybe if the other ones are alive. Then it's not so weird if he's manipulating their bodies. Like, I mean, they're dead right. in the show, but the actors are alive, yes. and that gives them work. Uh, this this is win win win. Mm. Then we've got I've got the coverage to show. The shout. third win, by the way, was that it's on. It's going to be broadcast exclusively on the the Win Channel. The Win Channel, which Australia, for those who don't live in Australia, Australia has a channel called Win. It's rural. It's rural broadcasting. Is it Channel 9? Yeah, I think it's sort of like half Channel 9, half Channel 10 maybe, sort of regional That's weird. programming. I've got the courage to shout at people what you're thinking, to shout what you're thinking. <laughs> and that's the next one. It's a guy who becomes a dictator based off of how he treated his own kid and the encouragement he got for what he originally thought was a negative thing that he was doing. From people who happen to be nearby. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> people, you know, people will give you their opinion. 
but they'll only speak it at room temperature voice loudness. Uh, room volume. Room volume. And then we've got home renovation, cuckolding, which mm. is a good idea. Andy, thank you very much. And... I'm going to start referring to things that are plain flavor as room flavor. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. I've been Andy. He's been Alistair. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at stupid old Andy. And I'm at Alistair... TB, we're at two in tank. You can mm-hmm. review us. If review us, go ahead. Okay. Think, oh yeah. shit, I've never reviewed them. You go, I listened. I listened for a month. I I should go review. I've, I've formed an opinion. That's enough. I get the gist. Go review. Feels good. Go mm. on. And, you know, we don't take enough time to record where we are in our lives. And, like, maybe these blogs will become. Uh, these reviews will become a sort of a diary that you can go back through at the end of your life. Exactly. And, think, you know, and reflect on. On your deathbed, you can go you know, back and reread. Memories. Put some precious memories in there. You can go back and reread on your deathbed the review that you left. And see you if go. you can make it long. Somebody did a really long one recently. It was very nice. Do you think that you could do the longest one? <laughs> <laughs> it's a version of like what I do with my kid. Go run around the block and I'll... And I'll tell you how long you went for. <laughs> and you just set him off and he just goes around the block. And you just go and you count. Sometimes if you forget to count, you just say 20. Yeah, right. And and can you see him for this whole block or is he gone for, you know? Yes, I do it. I do it for places where I can see. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm a reasonable This latest parent. one, he'd been gone for several days. I don't think he's going to make his record. I'm a reasonable a dictator of children. You are. And finally, we the home handyman cuckold. Did we say that one? What's anyway. that? Oh, oh, we have, we have, we're not doing the list anymore. We're saying goodbye. Yeah, and we, we love, love you. <laughs> you. Goodbye. Thank you. Oh, are you are you still there? Okay. Well, uh, just if the listeners are still there, I'd just like to say you can check us out on Podspotter, and uh, I've put the link in the show notes. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.